But suppose the instinct, but suppose the instinct still cries out, as it certainly will. Yes, respecting alcohol, I guess I have to depend upon AA, but in all other matters, I must still maintain my independence. Nothing is going to turn me into a non-entity. If I keep on turning my will and my life over to the care of something or somebody else, what will become of me? I'll look like the hole in the donut. This, of course, is the process by which instinct and logic always seek to bolster egotism and so frustrate spiritual development. The trouble is, is that the kind of, this kind of thinking takes no real account of the facts, and the facts seem to be these. The more we become willing to depend upon a higher power, the more independent we actually are. Therefore, dependence, as AA's practices it, is really a means of gaining true independence of the spirit. And that's from the 12 by 12 on regards to um, the third step. All right, Paul, take it away. Well, hello, everybody. Paul Alcoholic. Um, the way I see it is that's the problem speaking to you as you. Yeah. And the idea of how terrible it's going to be if I lose something. Uh, that's speaking from the system itself. So the failed, the failed system broadcasts loudly when it gets concerned about its audience moving to another station, so to speak. Yes? <laughs> that's when it starts playing the golden oldies and has terrible forecasts about what's going to be like and how terrible it would be like the uh, hole of the donut. How do you know? Yeah. But of course, it believes it knows. So yeah, it's the system, the failed system speaking to us as us. Um, hopefully, the the influence of the program and the higher power will override it. And it just goes back to the new employer, old employer. So new employer is going to take care of us being all powerful. Obviously, if there's a new employer, there was an old employer. And that old employer, we know quite well how we were treated under its, uh, how it used us, because that's what happens to employ something is to use something. So something has used us for quite a while. And now we have a new employer that's going to use us in a completely different way. And it's going to be beneficial to us and to others. So this is all about uh you know, the problem talks to us as us. Yeah, that's why we tend to listen to it. And um, I think this is a pretty good example of it. It's talking about the instinct, but really it's the selfing speaking. Yeah, and that, uh, and the, the fear of, of being powerless, which most of us in this meeting have realized is the source of power. It's in the admittance of powerlessness that we access a power that's greater than self, or we access the new employer instead of constantly going back to the old job. So powerlessness, uh, when you admit you're powerless, you don't experience the effects of, of powerlessness because power, the effects of powerlessness is only felt when you try to exert power. 
that's when you get frustrated and you can't fucking believe no one's doing what you want them to do and it's not working out the way you plan. All of those are frustrations based on a mistake. We think we have power when we don't. Yeah. So I've never really, the change was very obvious. The contrast was hard to miss, which is when I, when I admitted my powerlessness, I felt an incredible sense of uh, power, (laughs) tell you the truth. And, uh, and then I think, what was that last part, Mike? Can you go back to that last part? Yeah. The trouble is that this kind of thinking takes no, no real account of the facts. And the facts seem to be just this. The more we became willing to depend upon a power, on a higher power, the more independent we actually are. Therefore, dependence as AA practices is, is really a means of gaining true independence of the spirit. Yeah. Yes, but the the system that where we have been relying on doesn't think so. It's it doesn't. It's not in for that. Yeah, in a way, I mean, how many people came into recovery out of virtue? Yeah, you know, we came in because there was no other fucking way. We were on the last square of our uh, multi-dimensional game board. And uh, <laughs> we were fucked. Yeah. So uh, the activity of being fucked, you know, isn't uh, usually isn't uh, it doesn't go along with the new plan. It has to be sort of put in its place, which is of a lower power and to uh I mean, the low, you know, the small dog wants to act like the big dog until a big dog is introduced. Yeah. And then the small dog rolls over. And uh, so this idea of accessing a higher power is truly the key because we're under the influence of a lower power. Let's call it that. And the influence is rooted in an identification with the lower power. We become identified with the, with the image it has made of us. And through that image, it lives. Yeah. Through that image, it thrives. Through that self-centeredness, it gets to express itself. And unfortunately, it shows itself because it's such an extreme case that uh, <laughs> it's hard to go unnoticed when you're... Uh, <laughs> in the back of a police car and shit like that, or in a hospital once again, or in a, another rehab or another institution, something, something has taken over the wheel and keeps driving you to places you don't want to be. So, I mean, hopefully we have the eyes to see. Uh, and we, we enter the program and we submit ourselves to, uh, for our employment to change, really. So, and then we, through the program and through the community and through the steps and the principles, we get introduced to the new employer. Being all powerful, it's going to take care of us. If we stay close to it and do its works well, well, you can't be far from everywhere. And to do its works well, who's going to say what that is? You'll find out. 
And uh, I think the benefits of the new employee are great. There's a lot of vacation time, <laughs> paid vacation. <laughs> vacation from the bondage of self. <laughs> it's a great insurance policy because it works and it's reliable. And uh, you're constantly getting promoted and getting and getting uh, raises. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of shit happens that you don't deserve. So what a, that's not a bad deal. So, yeah, thanks, Mike. All right, thank you. All right, I don't, uh, I don't see any hands up. If you'd uh, like to um, ask Paul a question on this or anything that has to do with the, the 12 steps, feel free to raise your hand in the participants row and um, we'll get those addressed for you. If no one has a question, I just wanna remind everyone they've heard it ad nauseum, but Everything I'm, I say comes from a, a point of diagnosis concerning the exact nature, not the nature, not the nature of the wrongs, but yeah, actually it is, but let's call it the exact nature of the wrong. And that's uh, an, a mental activity where they say it in the book, the problem resides in the mind, a mental activity that, I, I would call selfing, which is constantly referring and implying and telling us what we are and what we're going to be and what we were. And we've seen to it. It's a very jealous, let's say, radio station. It doesn't allow you to touch the knob and turn to any other station. If you do, it's static will override the other station in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but not in this case of recovery, which is incredible. Not in this case of recovery. So this, uh, this identification as something that we're not, and then being told that we're it all day by the head, because the head assumes this, uh, this fucking crazy idea. It reinforces it. And I feel like if people talk about why am I having, why is there so much obsession with self? Well, the only way to keep an identification as self going is obsessing over it. Yeah. It's because basically it's like an, un, it's like water and oil. You can't really blend them. Yeah. Yet you can sort of, it's like, so basically you and self are constantly being glued together there's never really a lasting bond. It has to be applied all day, which is the obsession around self because it's insane, isn't it? Seriously. I mean, you plan a three year trip to Hawaii and you know, you live in New Jersey and as soon as you get to Hawaii, all you think about is, is being in New Jersey. Yeah, it's a fucking insane. Yeah, because it really what it is, it's, it's trip always is to be in self it doesn't care where you're going or where you were you're going to be pictured there yeah that's its drive yeah its drive is to have you believe you are a self and basically at that point 
the only possibility is, hey, this seems pretty fucking inhospitable and fucking restless and irritable and uncomfortable. I'm going to try to get out of it. Wow. Sounds like a yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But in this case, it reinforces the problem because we're identified as an idea and the idea is generating the discomfort. And then it's the idea that says it's going to get out of the discomfort. And I don't know what you believe this term that we use in our community means, but let it land somewhere, which is self can't get out of self. Why did they come to that observation? Did if it if it could work, someone would have said, "Hallelujah! I find self has finally gotten out of self." But no, they came to a very sober assessment that self can't get out of self. Yes, so maybe that's exactly what's going on right now with you. I don't know. That's the suggestion. It's not like a billboard you drive by. It's a billboard that the message you take with you as you're driving by and see if it applies. Yeah. How did it feel like? Did it feel like that night when you were shooting coke with your uh, compadres and uh, it then been on like a seven or eight day cocaine retreat? Yeah. It, it cost a whole lot, man. That was a very costly retreat. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly, after a shot of Coke, you ran out. And then you looked around. Basically, you knew no one was going to give you anything. So then you were drawn seemingly to the floor, to the rug. And you started, you know, looking around to see if you had spilt any Coke or someone had maybe four years ago or whatever. And then you started picking and then you got on your own, all your all fours and started like grazing around the rug. Yeah. Was there a volitional choice in any of that? Billy, did I sign up for that when I went out with my little outfit and thinking I was going to meet a babe and do a little dancing, emoting on the on the fucking dance floor? get to do some tokes or whatever, shoot some coke in the bathroom. I didn't think I'd end up on a rug taking a piece of lint and really going over it and actually trying to make it cocaine, really. <laughs> I mean, that's in fucking insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could have never imagined that. Did you, if, well, you were a kid when you were writing up, oh, what I'm going to be like and, where I'm going to live and what it's going to, how, what my husband and wife is going to look like. Could you, oh, and you'll be fucking rummaging around a rug looking for lint or anything that was sort of white to see if it had any narcotic content. I mean, give me a freaking break. Something has taken us over and it leads us to these places. Let's give, you know, Render unto Caesar's what Caesar's. We're rendering un unto the higher power now what is of the higher power. The gratitude of being sober, something has kept me sober, and all the great things that have happened. I give great praise to the higher power. Why not pin the old crimes to the real assailant? Yeah, it was selfing. 
It was the disease of alcoholism and the underlying disease of addiction to self. Yeah? No, we take all the burden of those past behaviors. We give all the grace, all the credit for the, the present behaviors to God, but we take all the credit for the past behaviors. Let's give those the credit to the past behaviors to that old God. Why not? You've done your amends. You're not trying to skirt responsibility. Let's let's arrive and ride the wave of responsibility and do what we're supposed to do. And then there's another wave that comes, which is accountability. You see, when you look at your life, you see self's role in it. Yeah. And you render unto self what is self's and you render unto God what is God. Yes. I think we got it all mixed up. I, people call me and they're totally burdened by 25 years ago. They've been sober 25 years and they can't enjoy the fruits of recovery because it's like two dogs are just nipping at their heels all day. Remember what you did. Remember what I did. Yes. It's slavery. It's fucking slavery. You can, you can be sober and still enslaved. So, yeah, I took responsibility. We've gone over it weeks, you know, how when I was young, and I think most people like this, we, were, we have an overly exaggerated sense of responsibility. We're thinking, you know, if I walk in a room and someone yawns, it's because I'm boring. Yes, it's insane, isn't it? So, of course, you want to get out of that. So let's say there's too much pressure on me. So when I'm bad, no one puts any pressure. So I'm just going to get loaded and fucking become completely irresponsible. Seems like a natural reaction in a dualistic uh, format. And then, all right, I wash up into AA and I realize, Jesus, that didn't fucking work, you know? So now I have to become responsible. So I do an inventory and I start seeing my role in things. Finally, yeah, it's been a long time. Because I used to see my role in everything and then I didn't see my role in anything. And now I'm getting back to a more balanced view. So, all right, I do the inventory. I share the stuff. Yeah. And then I start allowing when I recognize it, I offer it up at power through six and seven. Then I write a list at eight and step nine. I make the amends. I take responsibility for all this, all the toes I stepped on. Yeah all the stores I robbed, I try to take clear all that up. Yeah. So don't tell me this is not responsible. It is. Accountability comes after responsibility. It's not an excuse to be irresponsible. Yeah. It's part of a process. You're completely responsible for shit you have nothing to do with. You become totally un irresponsible. Then you become responsible again. And then you become accountable. Yeah, for what happened. But now you recognize something was doing a lot of the shit that you thought you were doing. Yeah. And you pin it on where it belongs on this idea of being self. Yeah. And what happens? Then you really have this intimacy with, hey, you know, I was dancing with a gorilla. I was going to stop when the gorilla wanted to stop. Yes. That's basically the condition. And uh, 
you can talk to me. Well, you've got to be responsible for everything. I'm not going to believe it. That's not my experience. As we say in AA, your experience, strength, and hope. Well, my experience is something fucking took me over. <laughs> That's my experience. Yeah. And the funny thing is, there was a very personal narration around it, yet I ended up where most alcoholics and addicts end up, institution, jails, and death. How, how, how curious that is. Thousands of these uniquely different individual people end up at the three same, same parking spaces, yes? Maybe there's, they all have a similar driver. Who knows? It seems to make sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I mean, obviously. Wait a minute, how did you get here? How did you get here? Well, we were driven by the same fucking thing. But I'm a Ford and you're a Pinto, you're a fucking Toyota. I have nothing fucking to do with you. Well, you sure do because we are all able to be driven and the same fucking thing drove us all. Yeah. And I just don't, you know, I think it's a, the elephant in the room of recovery. I do. I, it's just how are you, how are you gonna come you can only rehab self to a certain level you know like trying to uh, do you think there's you know like the dog we have a puppy now and so uh you know there's gonna be uh whatever you know disciplining the dog you know learning it there's no cat meetings like that there's no cat oh yes we're gonna discipline the cat yeah the cat just does what it fucking wants to do. It's not, you're not going to teach it much. <laughs> this is sort of like rehabbing self. It can only go to a certain level, like not ripping your face off every day. Yeah. Or not getting you in a 20 year prison sentence or, or not getting fired every week. Yes. All right. The monster has been contained to a certain point but it's still a monster. Yeah. <laughs> like in uh, Zen, they would say it's like trying to put lipstick on a pig or legs on a snake. Yeah. You've got to recognize its nature and its nature isn't an obedient one. The only thing it respects is a power greater than it. And that's what AA introduces us to a higher power. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. Great reading. All right, thank you, Paul. Okay, today we have a, our first question is for, for from Dan. And Dan, you have a question for Paul today? Yes, hello. Here, let me start hey. my video again. Hi, uh, my name is Dan. I'm, I'm uh, an alcoholic and I'm glad to be on your meeting, Paul. Thank you for... Um, I lost them a little. Oh, you're not hearing me? Now I now I'm hearing. Yeah. Let me move. I'm gonna move to a different. No, I can place. hear you now. I now we can hear okay. you, mate. All right, good. Hi. Um. So my question is this. Um. I had two questions, but uh, the first one is. Now I'm drawing a blank. Damn it. Um. You so spoke the other week about um. I was I listen on I listen on uh on podcasts in podcast form usually. And somebody asked you, would you recommend taking an inventory of self? And you said, yeah, that's a good idea. And, and, <laughs> yeah. 
I lost that interview. I lost that that uh, podcast. I'm not sure which one it was, and I'm just curious. Could you run that over again? Because it sounded interesting. Well, I had a little sarcasm in that. That's the whole oh. point. Oh shit! Right over, <laughs> right over my head here, man. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> there's a miscellaneous adjunct I could maybe look at and do an inventory on self. Yes, a very yeah. To me, that's the whole point. Would that be the cop doing the uh, the cop and the thief? Is that what you're talking about here? No, no. What I'm talking about is, you know, on 64. They're giving you a theme. People present many of them, but in the book, there's a theme yeah. of the inventory that we're going to do, the introductory inventory, which is we're going to look at how self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So it's the all inventory, self. It's self. all self yes. in the inventory. So, yes, the inventory is on self. And so basically on self through looking at its manifestation. So, and it's very curious that most of the times in our life, the manifestations of self has been preceded by the word my. Yeah. So what is that implying the act of being identified as self? I don't, I don't see how you can't see that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say if Stanley is, has been manifesting through Paul, and for years, every time a manifestation of Stanley came through Paul, Paul called it mine. Then I'm identified as Stanley, obviously. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not identified with the manifestation. I'm identified with Stanley. The manifestation is resentment. I'm not identified with that. I'm identified with Stanley. So I'm claiming to be the source or the cause or the one who has the resentment. Well, in fact, my feeling of being under resentment is it has you. I don't have the feeling that I'm just making a casual decision to have a resentment today. It seems to have me. Yeah. The same thing with mental anxiety. It seems to have me. It's not like I have the, I'm just, Oh, I have nothing fucking to do today. I'm going to get into some mental anxiety just as a little fun, you know? No. It doesn't seem this idea of us being the source, the unmovable thing that's being invaded and attacked by outside shit. I don't believe it whatsoever. I think most of the shit that like it says in the book, you know, we don't have problems. We are the problem. We manufacture our own misery. We manufacture this. Now, I don't believe that. I believe we're the facility that a lot of things can be manufactured in. Yeah. And you can tell by what the facility is manufacturing, you can tell who the CEO is. Yeah. So by looking at the products of self, we get the recognized self. Yeah. Which are the common ones are resentment, fears and harming other people in the pursuit of what we want. Yeah. We're not just going over it for fun. It ain't fun. No. We're going over it to recognize what's manifesting in those manifestations what is it it's is, is it us or is it self because it's a huge huge difference yeah 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 man. Yeah. yeah so i mean and a lot of the people that i've met in recovery taught me to look at it as my resentments my fears and my harms done to others that's one of the reasons why we have these talks 
Yeah. I'm not a believer in that instruction anymore. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with anybody. Do whatever you want to do. But I'm not a believer in that instruction. I do not believe what I'm going on my resentments. I believe they're manifestations of self in my life. That's a different attitude while you're doing the work. The work is, needs to be done, but it's how you're doing it, in a sense, is going to produce a result. Yeah? That makes sense, man. Yes. Let's say, obviously, there aren't like, all right, resentment isn't like an endangered species. You know, there's only 30,000 left. You know, they're, some, they're, they're produced <laughs> by a perception, a point of view, produces a feeling of, let's say, anxiety about not getting what you want or losing what you have, and then seeing people or things as threats to that, yeah? And so then there's resentments concerning what happened in the past and all like this, yeah? Those resentments are coming from a view, yeah? They're not out there and coming at you. They're being, it's how we see something, yeah? Right. And, they're, and what recovery is saying is something is, is using the seeing to see resentments, yeah? Which is self, it's not you. See, this is where the relief lies. The real relief is that it's not you. Not as a way of getting out of it, that doesn't work. See, a lot of people want a replacement for recovery, but it isn't, you know? Do all the steps, do everything, but come to this, come to a conclusion that was stated very clearly in the big book. Self is what has defeated us. All right, there you go. You wanted to know what defeated you? There it went. He says it. Yeah. And it obviously it was pretty damn important because it wasn't. It's truly not taking our inventory. It's taking self's inventory. So self is a very is a major aspect. I would say the whole enchilada of the disease. Yeah. So. That's why we're doing an inventory on self's manifestations, because obviously, while under the disease, we've got it all mixed up. We think self's manifestations are our manifestations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which only lends to more manifestations by self through us. <laughs> obviously. Maybe my logic is incredibly flawed, but F-L-A-W, not F-L-A. <laughs> you got Boy, the Long Island going on there. Yeah, bro. Way to go, Paulie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I got to explain it. But uh, it could be, but the relief has been pretty obvious. Yeah. Once I saw the exact nature of the wrong, uh a lot of the effects of the solution stabilized to a nice point. Yeah, which uh, is the basis of traveling lighter. Yeah. So I think it has an a very, very important thing. So when the person was saying, do I, you think I should do an inventory on self? I thought I, I saw a little bit of humor in that. Yeah, yes, that's the whole point. So we're trying to... Uh, <laughs> I, How I do, why do you believe, just as a sociological study, why do you believe that most, a lot of people leave 
recovery when they hit the fourth step. Yeah, it's, it was it's like a folklore of AA communities. Yeah, fourth step and the ninth step. Fourth step. Why? Why is that? Maybe, maybe because the disease doesn't want you to look at your role in things. Why would that be? It seems to want to criticize your role in things all day. It wants to fucking pounce on you in your role of things. It wants to say you're a fucking loser because you're on things. Why doesn't it want to do an inventory? Because it will be revealed. Yeah. Because yes, because the way the inventory is, it isn't like a stream of narrative. It's a fucking inventory. You're going to look at the unsaleable shit and you're going to look at the shit that's working. It doesn't want to have that job review. Don't you see? It doesn't. That's why there's usually so much fucking resistance. Yeah. It's because if you look at your role in things, you're going to see self's role in things. It's just going to become obvious. And if you, if it's not obvious on the individual thing, you'll see the pattern of it. You'll see what self takes to be important. And it may not be what you take to be important. And how do you see that? because its manifestations are gonna be around the topics that it thinks are, are important. So sort of like when I came in, people said, hey, bro, you gotta be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But I thought my face was my ass, I did. My life was trying to save my fucking face, my image. Really, literally, at the expense of my ass, completely. So this is like, that's really, quote unquote, ass backwards. I mean, it's an extreme. You're not going to. It's not one that you go click, 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 turning very slowly. Yeah, it's sort of like you see it. You recognize, wait a minute. I'm not that. Yeah. After you've done the steps. Yeah. After I did made the amends, I made the amends in my life. I went to places I robbed and told them and I always mentioned recovery. And I said, hey, you know, I stole a lot of shit here. And therefore there that that. Yeah, I made a, I didn't I wasn't going to fly to Europe to make an amend. I wasn't that important. You know, I wrote a letter and shit like that. And I saw the patterns of my life. I didn't make an amend for every one night stand that was selfish and inconsiderate. I just made, you know, I saw the pattern of every one night stand. Yeah. And I, and I made sort of a, an intention not to do that again, sort of like a living amend. Yes. But. Yeah. So that's the whole, that's the point. I mean, if you take out the that statement, that sentence in, in the big book, yeah, but it's right there, right before you go into the inventory process, it says, uh, this is the theme, yeah? Being convinced that self-manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, we're basically gonna take an inventory on self, yeah? And then we'll see our role in it and we'll see self's role in it, hopefully. Yeah. And our role in it 
isn't as the cause. Our role isn't as the bigger dog, yeah? Our role isn't as, as the source, the cause, the volitional doer of everything. Our role has been, be, we've been used for transportation. Something has used us, yes? Something has lived through us and left marks on our life. Yeah. Something, something took us over and talked to us and led us to fuck it quite a lot. And then we were apt to do almost anything. And many of us have. And many of us have suffered the consequences of those behaviors that we weren't the cause or the source of. Yeah. So if you think that nature of that parasite has changed so dramatically because you stopped, stopped drinking and using, you're fucking off. It's not true. They're not using and they're not drinking. Drinking provides you an opportunity to recognize what you're fucking not, yeah? So before it defeats you, you can see it getting ready to defeat you, yeah? And when you see it getting ready to defeat you because you know that it, that's its nature, no matter how, it's, how the, beginnings, the beginning chorus is, basically the stanza is going to be you're fucked so you can recognize it. Yeah, you bring that to six and seven or you bring it. Hey, what do you do when you're in fear? Ask a higher power to remove it. Yes. And so we have a new basis and that basis is relying on something greater than self. That's the new basis. Yeah. So maybe in the beginning, there's an acting, acting on that hope of relying on something greater than yourself, but you will get sincere, first you're sincerely into it because you've been fucked and maybe the grace is available, but you get established in it. You get established in reliance on something greater than self. You do. And then those old effects wane, yeah? They lose their import. They don't have the volume. They don't have the ferocity anymore. And the new way becomes your way, yeah? The new way of trusting something something infinite is your way now. Yes? And instead of being directed by self, you're directed by what? You want to call it love, grace, higher power, the I am. Who knows? Who cares? But you can tell the fucking difference, can't you? You know the tree by its fruits. Now, now in my life, resentment is an endangered species. It is. Sometimes it comes across the plane, da 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 da. Yes, but then it usually passes on without any provocation or any, you know, vigilance, and I don't act out on it. Yes, thank God. Now, what has done for me what I couldn't do for myself is blatantly obvious right there and then. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. Awesome, Paul, thank you very much. Our next question comes from Bruce. Bruce, you have a question? 
Let me ask you to unmute there. There you go, Bruce. Oh, thank you, Hello. Bruce Alcoholic. So, you know, this morning I get a call from a guy, he overdosed last night. I got him up in the hospital. And so I talked to him this morning. The first thing he says to me, you know, I don't know why I'm always doing this to myself. You know, I know if I just do enough prayer, meditation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, maybe I'll be okay. And, you know, I think right there I, for myself, that was the problem. I, I kind of put every, hinge everything on what I just doing, being able to maybe amass enough meditation and prayer. But I did that for years to no avail until one day I kind of just noticed that what was making up Bruce was made up of these beliefs that were pretty flimsy to believe one. And then, like it says on page 64, self has defeated us. But, you know, when I talk to, it's, it's like, I think you answered it. You said pretty clearly, like, you know, you, I tell people, you know, you got to stick the steps, do what suggested in the program, follow it as the best you can. And then, of course, when people uh, over some time, you know, might want to talk about it in a different way. But I get a little, you know, I wonder sometimes, I'm not sure what your experience with this is, but um, when I start talking about this with people, about what happened with me and how uh, uh, it occurred, uh, it's... It, it's not really an understanding. It's not, I, you know, I can explain it in different ways, but what for me it was more of a seeing that that occurred and that, I don't know, it's so hard to talk about that as to, uh, for, with people like, you know, it's, I think one of the things that really helped me was realizing that uh, there was absolutely helpless in any way, or even to believe that I'm helpless was just another place to land. And that just kept happening. I kept seeing you know, places that I would land to try to hold on to, and then it would fall away. And that's not an understanding conceptually, kind of just sort of a seeing. So I was wondering how might you describe that to people or talk about, I mean, I know you talk about it all the time, but I mean, you know, with, with somebody that might be vulnerable in a way. Well, in my, in, I think the, the biggest movement in recovery is surrender. Yeah. And I had no idea what surrender was until it happened with me. And now I know what surrender is and, I, and therefore I can entertain it. So it's turned into surrendered. But I would say most of us have to have that rude awakening that uh, resistance is futile. Yeah, We're outmatched. What we're relying on is not going to get a, out get us get out get us out of the situation yeah and i don't know how it's gonna i don't know what the furniture in the room will be like or the circumstances but the feeling the feeling uh you know it came to me all of a sudden i was in a trailer park in uh northern california just pretty much i had for the last 10 months, I had I had left a program that I had been in for two years and I had had a lot of hope in that program and I felt better. And I and uh, I was hoping those people who ran the program were right that that time of being an active addict and alcoholic, though rather long, was over and I was going to be sane and somewhat normal. And uh, I had graduated with flying colors and in a few weeks I was back to where I had been 
pitiful, incomprehensibly demoralized by a hundred really more because I had just spent two years, went to college and all this stuff. And none of that resume was enough to keep me from being taken over by uh, the parasite, <laughs> seriously. And I ended up really washed up. And after 10 months, I was quite hopeless. You know, I would say I wasn't in the state of seemingly hopeless. I was hopeless. And I really basically had given up and I just was going to try to stay oblivious until I ended up in jail again or death or institution. Basically, I just wanted to be. So I was like a sloppy drunk and I just was I had no money to get drugs. So I just tried to stay intoxicated as much as I could. And then I was in that I was in that behavior and I came out of a blackout, which is you know, it's a strange experience because you you feel like you're just parachuted behind enemy lines. You you come to feeling like you haven't been there, but no one has noticed anything. They have been seeing Paul for the last 12 hours. Paul was talking to them, but Paul has no memory of any of that. So I came to and I looked at this guy who I was drinking a bottle of vodka with, Royal Cape Vodka, and there was a sudden you know, I just observed that he looked like a fucking bum. And then I felt like he was looking at me like I was a bum. And then suddenly, and I mean, suddenly something happened, like a big hole opened up. And, uh, you know, this information came in almost on a screen. It was like a CNN newsflash, no story, just a big headline. And the headline was, I'm fucked. Now that was my condition for quite a while, but I had the denial and everything else had kept it from the system, but the system finally had a moment of collapse, which was a surrender. And I realized I was fucked. And the next underlying thing was, and I'm not managerial quality. And that never changed in 30 something years of sobriety. Yeah, that life was over. It had one last hurrah after the lady who I asked to help me came up and I got in the car. I tried to talk her into getting drugs and shit and she didn't go for it. And that was like the last loud yell of the alcoholism in my life, basically. 30 something years now. And uh, so I, I have an intimate sense of extreme possibilities. What can actually happen? <laughs> That doesn't go by any linear, you got to spot small and then go here and go there. It doesn't go that way. I mean, every, you know, no human power could produce what was produced that day. My mother wanted me to be sober. She knew early in my life that without Paul being sober, nothing went well. Yeah, she knew that. And all she hoped for was me to be sober because then she knew I'd be somewhat okay. And the state wanted me sober and that didn't work out. You know, people, friends probably wanted me sober. I wanted to fucking stop, but nothing could. Nothing could stop it. Nothing was a strong enough power. Yet something did. And I didn't have a higher power. I recognized the higher power. <laughs> That's what happened with me. By what happened to me, I recognized the works of a higher power. <laughs> 
I knew something had done to me and did for me what I could not do for myself. And that's, and it was a period and there was no debate or review of that. Yeah. So I would say the root awakening is realizing the futility of self called Paul trying to get out of self. Yeah. Thank God it had run its, its race and I was still alive. Yeah. So I had the great fortune for that fucking thing to be done before I was done, meaning dead. So I've had a whole new life for these last 30 something years, all based on that pivot that occurred in that trailer park. Really, I can't see. That was the genesis of my, that's, that was like a birth that I was awake to. I don't remember the birth as a baby, but I remember that birth. I remember it, yeah? I remember it when things changed. It didn't look like the outside had changed, but things had changed, yeah? And I was bored, and then life conspired to bring me to my first meeting that night, yeah? It was incredible. The girlfriend, the girl, the woman that came to pick me up, I tried to talk her into getting loaded. And she said, if you want a place to stay tonight, which I did, she says, you got to go to a recovery meeting. So she dropped me off at a men's meeting in San Francisco. And I've been going ever since. So without that, without the way of life, that surrender would have died on the vine in a couple of days. The, the, the parasite would have regrouped and taken over the thing. And it ran me more and more into the ground. And you can never, never imagine how low you'll go. There's, you can't do it justice. You can't do it. You can't have a story of a bottom that does its justice. It's the living of the bottom that's almost indescribable. It is. Yeah. The closest we get to it is incomprehensible, pitiful, you know, demoralization. That's a pretty good statement. But it doesn't do it's it's there's nothing like living it there's fucking nothing like living it and uh yeah so i would say most people that open up to the the grace of the program is done through surrender yeah i do then things can come later but uh surrendering that you know, that delusion that if you could only manage better, things would have gone well. Those things, yeah? Those things don't have any weight anymore. You're completely clear that that's all fucked up. <laughs> and then you have the eyes to see service as a great gift instead of a chore and commitments as, yeah, and all that. I was so stoked to get into the program of recovery. Couldn't believe it. I was painting houses and I'd take off for lunch and go to a meeting and I'd just be so fucking happy that, you know, the glory days were over. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see that, even though that demonstration isn't happening every day that which was demonstrated is happening all the time yeah that which demonstrated through that demonstration is always available at all times yeah and thank god my life now is a miracle it doesn't need so many miracles anymore it is a miracle 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to recognize if your life is a is if the basis of your life is a miracle. Usually, you recognize something that's has a huge contrast. So, I'm in a life of a miracle. So, a lot of miracles aren't happening anymore. <laughs> There's no need for them. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, yes. So I don't know about talking to others. I think what you are, what you are at the moment, which is a conduit of grace, speaks louder than what you'll ever say. So, yeah. Yeah. And maybe you'll be used to help someone get sober. Maybe you'll be used not to help someone get sober, but to stay sober. Somehow it's going to be put to use. Yeah. All right, uh, that's thanks. All right, thank you, Paul. Our next question comes from James Lebowski. James, come on in, ask your question. Hey, thanks so much. I just, uh, I don't know how well formulated a question I have, but it's just such an honor to have a chance to, to talk directly to Paul. I want to make sure I get a, I get a chance to whenever possible. Um, I, I want I, you to call your gr my girlfriend up and say that. <laughs> it's such an honor to call the Paul. I don't think she's uh, going along with that. But yeah, I, thank you. I, well, it's, all I all I can say is that like compared to how I traveled five years ago, I guess maybe when I encountered your videos versus now is um, <clears throat> so different. But. Um, one of the things I do now too, is I work with guys and um, get out of self that way too. And uh, you said something the other day and, and, and I repeated it. I don't think I, I really was, I, I think I was a poor man's Paul, but it had to do with the fact that somebody was talking about how they, their feelings. And that's always a really hard thing to talk about because no one really knows what they are, which I think you sort of dispensed with. And where you brought it to was, was the action figure place. Does the action figure want to deal with the thoughts and the feelings that may be uncomfortable, or does he want to take the action and drink and use over the thoughts and feelings and then have the consequences, which are way <laughs> more uncomfortable than uh than just dealing with the thoughts and the feelings. And, and, and it was just such as <clears throat> where this guy's at, it's such a powerful thing to transmit to him that I wanted to, to ask you about that again. Um, well, you know, recovery is for many of us is, is growing up finally. Yeah. We're, we were in like a, a long-term temper tantrum basically. <laughs> and we didn't, you know, one of the greatest statements in recovery for me was fitting, around, fitting yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you. That is basically, uh, that's a huge one in my experience. Yeah. And these aren't things we can do. These are things we can express after the program and the grace of the program works on us. Yeah. That we'll we'll observe that we've been fitting ourselves around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around me. Yeah. And all of these statements, I mean, you can have an intimate feeling about 
20 things on a single page of the book. Yeah, you've, you know, the descriptions of the problem and the descriptions of the effects of the solution. I'm completely intimate with all of them, which is awesome. Yeah, so, uh, and just, just to before, remember the message isn't Paul. Paul isn't the message. Paul is just the character and something can come through that Paul listens to hopefully as much as you're listening to it. Yeah. I listen in a different way because it's a feeling, but uh, yeah, we're just another, we're just a bunch of hoses uh, trying to figure out our role concerning the water. Well, you don't have a dominant role. Yeah. You're better, you're better off being directed instead of directing. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing yourself as an expression instead of a cause and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, bro. I always like to hear from you, James. And um, I don't know if I talk to it directly, but yeah. The thing is, see that there's feelings come up and then there's a seeing of the feelings and then there's a mental reaction to the feelings and the mental reaction, the mental state has no fucking idea what an emotion is. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't have a freaking clue. So when it, when there's sometimes there's an excitement and then the head will say you're super nervous. Yeah. It's insane. You've seemingly has had 60 years of reacting to emotion and it has absolutely no fucking wisdom concerning any of them. Really? I mean, it just makes up a name, you know? So it has, it, it totally inept in that job. So basically it wants to, in my case, it wanted to mute emotions. It wanted to disassociate from emotions and it wanted me to stay loaded and produce a, a manufactured emotion or a feeling so that anytime any other emotion or feeling would arrive, it would have to go to the previous place feeling of being loaded all day. Yes. So I didn't, I was trying not to feel a fucking thing in this life, tell you the truth. And the only, and I had a weird sense of control because I could make myself feel something by shooting coke or drinking yeah and therefore a feeling that you were bringing to me i'd have an immunity to because i was already encased in a feeling a feeling of terminal uniqueness of being fucking displaced or disassociated yeah this is this is a failed system's reaction to something it has no fucking idea of which is the emotional life You can see it by the evidence, yes? Look at sometimes its reaction when there's a feeling of love, it gets super suspicious and paranoid and it wants to put up some defenses immediately, yeah? It's incredible. It, see what you, you don't realize it's the idea of a threat you may not see as a threat, yeah? 
it it doesn't uh it's running it's running the compound so to speak <laughs> it's sort of like we used to have the story of well when i was young i was afraid so i got a dog to protect me yeah so that dog protected me protected my house and then after a while the dog was biting people who i wanted to come over you know people who i wanted to have time with it would bark away and then it turned on me and started biting my own ass and fucking barking at me all day. So now the fucking, the thing that I got for protection has has gone fucking crazy. And now I'm captured, I'm in prison in its house. Yeah, and it tells me when I can go out. Yeah, this is what's, this is what's happened. When I was young, things happened to me and they really scared me. And then the mental state got very amplified and developed and told me it was gonna take care of me. And it didn't really inform me of what the cost was gonna be, but the cost was monumental, yeah? For you not to have these feelings, you're not gonna feel fucking anything, yeah? You're gonna end up in a condition we talk about in the big book, incapable of having a viable relationship with another person. That's since we didn't start there, we ended up there. By relying on something, that's a failed system. Its solution to that is not to have any relationship. Yeah? Just be completely absorbed in you. No empathy, no compassion. Fuck them. Yeah? I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't know how we can't see self by its manifestations. We talk about it with Helen that time. If you have the you have the potential to reach eight feet, but you can only reach four feet with this fucking mental suit you're wearing. Yeah. And what happens is we tolerate that. And now we live in a world of four feet. Yeah. And what does it do? It shrinks the world even more. Three feet, two feet. Yeah. You don't think you're going to want to get a momentary relief. You know it's not a fucking good idea to get loaded, but you'll get loaded. Yeah? Because the only ideas you're listening to are the fucking problems ideas. And it's telling you, you're fucked. It's never going to get better. They're all out to get you. So let's get loaded. Yeah? Once the, once the genie's out of the bottle, then you're picking up tattoos out here. Hopefully just henna tattoos, but some are ink. You know, you may get a 30 prison year sentence or get run over by a car that changes your physical life the rest of your life. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah. You better see, you, you wanna see the source of the problem where the problem resides. You wanna see it in the mental blueprint room. You do not want to get out of a 20 meter mortgage in a mental house that you believe you're the resident of. You've got to see it getting built and bring it to six and seven. It wants you to live on a consequential level. You'll know you're fucked way after you've been fucked for quite a while. That's that doesn't work. Yeah. You're out. We're out to lunch. Can you believe that you're in a whole day and you have to wait till 8 p.m. for the head to tell you it was a bad day? Wouldn't you know it was bad when it was bad? 
I'm not pointing these out. I'm pointing these out because they point to something else. What has caused us to be out to lunch? That's a mental solution. It's not up for the task of living at a day at a time. So it just goes out to lunch. Just says, fuck it. It's, it's ideas of living life on life's terms is a mental fucking life. It's an interpretation. Yeah, I know who I was. I knew who I'm going to be. I know who I am. Um, nothing's ever going to change. It's all going to be fucked. And why the fuck should I do anything? That's not you talking. You're listening to a radio station. You are. The freedom from self is recognizing you're not that. It can't be any other way. All the other freedoms is as self, which aren't freedoms. The freedom from self is recognizing you're not the thinker of all those fucking thoughts. Recognizing you weren't the doer of all those actions while you were loaded, yeah? When it when it hit me, I swear. I saw self as other, clear as day. Reading that book, page 64. As soon as I saw it as other, a possibility that was too far out of my reach became readily available. I can be free from it. Yeah. I can't be free from a virus if I keep calling myself the fucking virus. I'm gonna try to be free as the virus, yes? And it's not, it's not in the nature of the virus to be free from the virus, it's not, yeah? Self can't get out of self. Is that what I've been doing? Not what I've been doing. Is that what's been done? Have I seen that? Like we went over this the other day. There's a huge difference of recognizing self-centeredness and saying that you're self-centered. It's a huge difference, yeah? It's huge. So I recognize that the basic format of this action figure is self-centeredness. It's, it's working GPS, yeah? There's a seeing of that. But there's also a seeing is that I'm not self-centered, yeah? But the language never leads you there. As soon as there's a recognition of self-centeredness, it places you as the one who's self-centered. And then, then it turns the self-centeredness as something that you've been fucking doing, yeah? And then beats the living shit out of you. For why are you being so self-centered? You're not. There's self-centeredness being self-centeredness. Where is Where are you in it? You're complying with the fucking story. You're going along with it. You keep playing the character it's implying. And it's worn out. It's old. It's over. You know, it comes to a point when you've worn something and it's just worn out, like shirts, T-shirts, 
they lose any semblance of any form. You've worn them and it's time to fuck them, use them for a rag or something. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, Jesus Christ. The new attitude and the new out outlook isn't a rehab of the old attitude and the old outlook. It's a completely new attitude and outlook. In other words, recognizing there's no rehabbing the old attitude and old outlook. Yeah, it's too old of an, a dog. It's not going to learn any new tricks. <laughs> you might as well get off the dead horse. Or you'll have to have a huge story to compensate for not moving fucking at all of doing so many things, but you're really not moving fucking anywhere. You're stuck on a dead horse. But I'm in Brazil stuck on a dead horse. Or I'm bungee jumping stuck on a dead horse. Or I just caught, took a 50-foot wave stuck on a dead horse. Yeah? So I'll look like I'm not stuck all fucking day being stuck the whole day. Yeah? There's some people that have never left the temple grounds. They take the same walk every day and it's a new walk every day because their mind is free. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing tons of shit, but I'll tell you something, you can be free without doing anything because that's your inherent condition. There's no limitation in seeing. You don't have like, oh, you only have 800,000 seeing possibilities no you don't yeah as long as the body's alive you're seeing yeah you close your eyes you're still seeing you're seeing shit that's on the eyeball you're seeing the lids you're seeing yes yes the seeing doesn't go to sleep <laughs> that which is hearing doesn't go to sleep yeah awareness is alive without any opposite it wasn't, it didn't become alive and it's going to die. It just is. Yeah. It's a completely different ball of wax than we are as this little coming and going action figure. How are we going to understand that? We're not. Do I want a higher power of this understanding? Of course not. I want a higher power of its own understanding. Yeah. Because then it's going to be quite revelatory as it breaks through this understanding. Because this understanding is so fucking small. It can't help itself. It's something so small that wants to think it's so big. But it's small. Yeah. Perhaps there is a better way. No, there is a better way. And what is that way? The way of trusting the infinite rather than finite self. Yeah. Let's just have an honest appraisal where we're at on that spectrum. Yeah. And just tell the truth. Most of the, most of the truth telling isn't about the infinite. It's about the finite self. Truly. Yeah. It didn't say, oh, we're going to take uh, an inventory on the infinite. No, we're taking an inventory on finite self. Why? Why is that? Because that seems to be the, the delusionary quality. That seems to be 
the obscuring. That seems to be the agitation based on no agitation other than itself. Just agitated, agitated, agitated. Yeah. You think that agitation is going to stop? Of course not. All it does is beget more agitation. Look at people. Our head is completely inoculated with an idea of time. So let's say you're sitting here and peace comes over you. What's the head's reaction to it? Well, I probably won't be feeling like this tomorrow. There you go. There goes the peace. You're going to train that? You're going to make that do new tricks? Give me a break. Recognizing, recognize it for what it is and what it isn't. It isn't you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, uh, everyone. James. Awesome, Paul. Thank you. Our next, our next and last question comes from Vicky. Vicky, you have a question. Let's see. Get you unmuted. There you go. Thank you. Hi, I'm Vicky. I'm an alcoholic. Thank Vicky. you very much. Um, thank you, Paul. I, I've been listening to your videos. Um, it's hard for me to understand, to be honest. So I might ask something very ABC. Um, but the way I, I understand why you, what you say is like, um, like an analogy, like being possessed in a way in a way just to you know yeah. we've seen there's a reference and uh, so so find a way to kick that thing away uh, and and so this is the self and what am I like because you said the self the, you're not the self the self is not us who are we yeah. Like I'm well, why don't you find that out? So there is something. It's not that that, that I'm trying to understand. I'm not saying there is or there ain't, but that's your journey. Okay. Who would want to spoil that? That's the fun of it. Who would want to give it? Give you an idea when I when an idea is of the old way. Find out. Yeah. So my my question is. From what you're saying, we're like media empty or media with something? <laughs> I'm not going to answer you. Find out. Okay. All right. Thank yeah. you. The, the thing that wants to know isn't you. I'm sure of that. So the thing that wants to know, wants to have assurance, is that which is super agitated. It's not of you. Yeah. Hopefully, we start learning to trust by being taken care of. So if you're in the program for a while, you'll realize, hey, you're being taken care of and other people, their whole life is based on recovery. They are. They've met their wife, their job, everything. It's unbelievable what can happen. So now, you know, you were captured by a lot of anxiety, agitation, and now it starts dissipating just based on externals changing just like my mom you know my mom as she got older she was in a wheelchair but she didn't she wanted to live by herself and she had a a little apartment and she would pass out 
in the wheelchair. And then she couldn't move and couldn't get to the phone or anything like that. So it was time to put her in. And so she was afraid. She couldn't get to the food and everything like that. Yeah, she, she was very anxious, afraid. So we put her into a, a home, yeah? And in that home, and she was, she was afraid when she went in there, but over time, quickly, you know, they brought her breakfast, they brought her lunch, they brought her dinner. If she buzzed this buzzer, someone actually came, yeah? Now, she didn't have, her head didn't have a huge investment in being afraid. She was able to learn that she was, there was no need to be afraid anymore quickly. She was, yeah? So after a week or two, she was back to her old self in a sense because she was in good hands, yeah? She was in good hands, yeah? Now, if you're in good hands for a while and you're still totally fucked up and agitated, there's a bias going on, yeah? There's something that's resisting recognizing things have changed. That is not of you. That is not of you. Yes? If you go against all evidence and believe you're fucked, you're in a fantasy world. You are. And that mental fantasy is the lord of that mental fantasy is self, so to speak. Yes? And there's no God there. None. There's no God but self. Yeah. So... If you see that you're not responding to being sober and that life is chilling out and you're still super flipped out all the time, the devotion to self is still apparent. Yeah. So we just that's very that's a very cool thing to see. So you can go back to step one and step two and step three. Yeah. And maybe it's time to take an inventory based on the theme of looking at self's manifestations in your life. So you start being able to recognize what's you, Vicky, and what's not you. Yeah. What's you and what's not you. Most of us have very, it's very unclear. We're calling a lot of shit that's not us, us, and we've forgotten us. <laughs> we have. We have. And we look just like every other, we act and you can see an addict and an alcoholic from across the room if you're an addict and alcoholic because none of their individual tendencies are shining too brightly. The same old, same old. You can recognize a wolf being a wolf yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, just find out. Yeah. Just follow. This is where keeping it simple is. Keeping it simple I don't believe a lot of the ways people talk about it. People, it, keeping it simple is sort of like realizing life has brought you to an operating table. Yeah. Don't get up. Don't play doctor. Yeah. And things will work out well. Yeah. So keep it simple with why? How does this work? That's where to keep it simple. Just fucking be happy it's working. Yeah. Yeah, because that was wants to know, isn't <laughs> that which wants to know is the basis of the statement self-knowledge avails us nothing. Yeah, that which wants to know is selfing and selfing having any knowledge about anything avails us fucking nothing. So, yeah, so 
let's keep it simple. Definitely concerning the effects of the program. <laughs> it just works. That's the miracle of it. Yeah. <laughs> because the book, the program of recovery didn't call Paul. It called alcoholism. Alcoholism was brought to the program. Maybe, you know, <laughs> and the program worked on alcoholism. And it diminished the, the mental state so other aspects of what you call Paul could shine through, yeah? Instead of being constantly obscured as if they didn't even exist, are now shining through. And when they shine through, you recognize the source and the source is not of coming and going, yeah? The source is always available at all times right where we are with no requirement necessary to meet it, yeah? It is, the, it is the epitome of reliability. It is the epitome of reliability. Yeah. I remember when I woke up after getting run over by the car, the cell thing was nowhere to be found. <laughs> it was completely unreliable. <laughs> this is over my pay scale. <laughs> and then it sort of hovered around me for a while and then would drop some bombs every once in a while. But man, it wasn't gonna land. Fuck, no way. Yet, but spirit was in every fucking breath. Yes. I saw it so distinctly, man. There was something on, there was physical condition, and then there was this mental fucking ephemeral, very flighty little piece of Kleenex, super seen through, yeah? And it was so foreign to what was going on when usually it was right there, yeah? And then the only thing that could be relied on was what was reliable, which was spirit, yeah? And no TV, nothing. There was no way to distract just there, 24-7. I couldn't even move my head. Both legs were in traction. I just there. Uh, yeah. So you don't want to get to that point where you'll see what's real and what ain't. When I got run out, you know, this one time I was surfing, I hit my head on the bottom and I'd had a concussion in Australia years and years ago. So I triggered my nervous system stopped. Yeah. Luckily, I landed on my back and I couldn't move. Never, I never had that experience. I was, there was no moving the limbs by the head. And uh, so they took me out of the water. There was no thought at all for a while. Everything was framed in gold. It was like a bright light. They brought me to, they got me on a long board, brought me into the beach. They, they, uh, they start cutting off the wetsuit and the first, and then the thought system appeared. It'd been gone for about four minutes. And the first thing it said was, I can't afford the ambulance. That's what it said. Just leave me here and die. Leave Paul to die. Yeah, I can't afford the ambulance. Can you imagine that? It was incredible. Not, see, when, you're, when, you're, when it's always there, you don't recognize its fucking nature. When you watch it come, you see the smallness of it all. It had no concern about 
the physical health. It was worried about money. <laughs> Unbelievable. Watch when you're riding a bike, especially if it's expensive. If you start falling off the cliff, what gets saved? The fucking bike. You'll go off the cliff, but I don't want to. <laughs> That's $2,000 bike. The head, the head sees more value in the bike than you. Yeah, keep on relying on it. See how it goes. I had once, I was, I dropped some acid. I was young. And uh, we were going to go to a Rod Stewart concert, which we never made. But my head, I, I never, I remember it so distinctly. I'm totally flying. And then the head tells me, why don't you take 10 downs? Which would probably kill me. And I realized something very clearly that day. The greatest instinct is self-preservation, but the pres the self-preservation isn't about preserving you. It's about pre preserving self. Yeah, I would have died with 10 downs, but it just casually said, oh yeah, eat 10 downs. Yeah, it had no interest in preserving the body. It was preserving its fucking self. Why do we keep going back to it? It's like somebody who you trusted completely and you find out was fucking you for years. Yeah, you're going to have a rude awakening. We're way past the rude awakening with this thing. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> Don't fuck this up. It fucks it up, you know? I know the people, this one time, people knew me and knew what I was doing. So this guy and this woman were getting married and they wanted me to come to the wedding. So the groom brought, took me to the side and said, Paul, please do not shoot cocaine. Don't do any drugs, at least until the ceremony's over. So I promised him I would, would, and an hour later I was in the bathroom shooting coke. Yeah. Give me a break. How many times do you need to see there's something foreign in us that's using us for transportation and for a form of I think you muted your oh yeah you muted yourself that was my higher power I gotta take the call <laughs> question paul so uh, i think that's good. great that's yeah. right yeah yeah i thought you were gonna say don't cut open the wetsuit yeah i thought you were gonna say don't cut open the wetsuit <laughs> <laughs> that surprised me no yeah that's good but it's amazing because the brain got such a whack the selfing got stopped yeah I could have been an eggplant for all I knew, yeah? And then it, re it regrouped, and then its first presentation was, die here, you can't afford the ambulance. <laughs> oh, my great friend, come in. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let hey. me say goodbye to everyone. Hey, Paul, uh, before you say goodbye, do you want to um, just make an announcement about the retreat that's coming up? Uh, no, but I... Yes. 
we're going to do a, a thing for a different group on February 20th and 21st. It's on the website. It's going to be like a, something I swore I'd never do, but I'm getting out of that statement by having it a virtual. So it's going to be three talks for two days, three talks each, and then question and answers. And, uh, you know, there will be a momentum builds and there's, yeah, different things happen. So you dream, you use time to dream yourself out of time. So, yeah, we're going to be doing that 20, 21st. I think the charge is $100. I get some of it to support my lavish lifestyle. And, uh, yeah, there you go. And then we have the regular talks. And we're going to have a new talk coming up soon, too, that will happen on Tuesday morning before the recovery talk. It'll be a non-duality talk from like 9 to 10, and then we'll do the 10.30 recovery talk. That's not up yet, but it's going to happen with this group. This uh, group, yeah. They're based in Toronto, and uh, I did a thing called a nothing conference with them. So they wanted me to try this stuff, and if it doesn't work, we won't do it. So, yeah. I think they have uh, a larger expectation of how popular I am than I do. <laughs> but who knows? We'll find out. All right. So let me say, is that enough? Yeah, that's good. All right. We got Michael. I, I did a great job, Michael. Thanks for that reading. Kaiser, as always. Very good to see you. Anne, as always. Happy birthday, Paul. We got Steve. Nice to see you, Steve. We got Michael Z, great. We got uh, let's see, oh, Fatina. Fatina's got the, got the nice thing on, whatever. Bruce, Bruce Lancer, Bruce L. Nice to see you, Bruce. We got Paul, my friend Paul. How are you, Paul? Rob Far from the UK, as always. Rob, you're never that far to me. So it's always a pleasure. We got Kevin. Uh, he's not there, but he's... And Walter. Walter from the Netherlands. Nice <laughs> to see you, Walter. Some other hey, some Paul. other Dutch people are coming. Yeah. Really? Yes, we they see. have. Yeah, I told them about you. I, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to take so care about my reputation. <laughs> Maiko, nice to see you. Phoenix is now in Hawaii. Woo. That's a nice move. We got Mika. Mika is from the uh, the Nordic, the Nordic countries. Yeah, Finland, eh? Finland, 